Alexia Georgiou. I'm a life coach and instructor. I'm an author and speaker. Welcome to our podcast on crisis communication. Welcome and get ready to get on your happy. We give science-backed methods with practical work-life integration applications. Stay tuned. you. I'm a life coach, speaker, and author. I provide trainings virtually and in person. Visit my website for online courses, books, and resources. I thank you for tuning in today. Okay, so our life has 10 areas that we need to focus on growing. And we need to balance it out. Right now, just jot down what percentage of time do you spend at work or if you're working from home or do both? How much time do you spend with your partner? And if you're single, I'm single. Uh, So how much time do you spend self-love just with yourself? How much time do you spend having fun, including vacations, but also having fun, having an outing? Uh, And I know that define outing with a shutdown and a pandemic, uh, okay, it could be doing art. It could be reading a book. How much time do you spend every day with family and friends? What about growing and learning? How much time are you spending every day with community, focused on social responsibility, being connected to what's happening in your community? What about your health and fitness, physically and your spirituality? So nobody's wheel is going to be equal like this, but this is our goal. Because these 10 areas of life growing simultaneously will help us find that work-life integration. So everything I just named, plus environment, is equal to work. And work is only one-tenth of life. So spirituality, health and fitness, community, growth and learning, money and finance, fun and recreation, family and friends, career and work, environment, partner and love. Remember environment, how much time do you spend outside, near nature, near water, taking a walk with someone? Because remember that study showed there's an increase in happiness. Now the next thing to do with each one of these is to identify, okay, I don't spend much time on growth and learning and I would like to spend more time. I don't really have fun. 
and I would like to begin doing art. And maybe you've been told all your life you're not artistic. And I'm here to say, yes, you are. You are an artist of your own life. You are here to create. That's your self-actualizing place. Write. And whether it's a blog, a journal, just writing what's in your mind and in your heart. It, just because you weren't the best academic writer and you're not a journalist does not mean you're not a writer. Write. Spend time with family and friends. You may say, ah, not really. And I would like to increase it more. So what are you going to do differently every day, every week to increase these areas? You may say work was about half or three-fourths. And so how can you rein that in? And who can help you do that? Now you may say, oh, well, uh, I wouldn't have to work as much and I wouldn't make as much money if I did what I loved and I really don't love what I do and I'm not really happy, but I do it because I have the money and I have the things that I have. I mean, that's just working with your own values. Nobody can judge you. Do you want to sell everything and downsize and not need as much money to live? Are you going to be happier if you're doing what makes you happy? It's worthwhile to consider. So write down some of those thoughts and see how you can explore it. Remember that throughout your day, Taking breaks recharges your brain. And so how can you integrate that in to your day? Because if you're going to see a 30% productivity rise by focusing on your well-being and happiness, then you're not going to have to work as much and as long. And it's naturally, organically going to decrease the time that you're spending working. And so that's another strategy uh, on how to reduce the percentage of time spent at work. Our community needs us. We need to speak up. Uh, it matters. And we are connected to one another and our community. As human beings, we're continually growing and learning. The moment we stop growing and learning, we die. We begin to have decline. Uh, so it's important, you know, how can I grow and learn? What can I do? There's lots of resources. There's so many podcasts. There's so many books. There's online classes. Uh, there's community meetups that are online right now. Uh, health and fitness, take that walk. Get outdoors. Get the fresh air and the sunshine. Drink the water. Be with people who uplift you. And this is a plan in progress. So what I suggest that you do is write all this down and begin working on it in small steps. Uh, so, I mean, and it could be just once a week, I'm going to listen to this podcast for my growth and learning. I mean, you can't do that every day. Uh, and once a week, I am going to, um, 
I'm going to go on a date with my partner or a date with myself and I'm going to do something out of the norm with them to spend quality time. Every day we should be having fun. That's hard for me to say once a week. What can you do even for 15 minutes? Something that makes you laugh. Something that gets you giddy every day. If you have a pet, play with your pet. You know, every day play with your kids. That's their language. That's how they connect. Uh, if you're not playing with them and you expect them to talk to you and trust you and relate to you at your level, that's where we miss it a lot of times. Kids, their language is play. And we need to keep that as we grow to keep that play and fun nature. It's putting our brain at positive and it's actually an emotionally intelligent activity. So all of this, assess it in a month and go through your percentage and fill out a new wheel and see how it's balancing out and assess it. You may want to have a partner look at it with you uh, just for some feedback, someone who's in your life that's observing the changes in your life. You may not know how. You may need ideas. We can't do it alone. Uh, rugged individualism is what I grew up being taught and leadership used to be taught that the leader is on their own. They're a one-person show. And now we're learning Nope, we need the team, even leadership. So get other people's input for ideas uh, and for encouragement for yourself. Keep doing this monthly and assessing your growth. It needs to be intentionally done because if we just leave it here, nothing's going to change. So this will number. It's from positivepsychology.com and if you made it to where you say, okay, um, my social intelligence is a four and I want to increase my social intelligence to an eight and I'm going to do it by and you can talk about uh, joining a group uh, or a class where you are talking about emotions and listening to one another and you're doing that intentionally. Listening is something, uh, people are writing books about the listening aspect. Uh, so Think Again by Adam Grant. The Listening Path by Julia Cameron. Uh, these are recommendations to increase social intelligence. So read a book. And so that is your goal and you're moving towards that. When we're positive, our brains become more engaged, creative, motivated, energetic, resilient, and productive. This discovery has been repeatedly supported by research in psychology and neuroscience, management studies, and the bottom lines of organizations around the world. Sean Aker, the Happiness Advantage. I do recommend that you read this book. Richard Wiseman is a psychologist who conducted a study called The Luck Factor. 
he brought in participants and put them in two groups. Group one perceived themselves as lucky. Group two perceived themselves as unlucky. He told them, look through this paper and count the number of images. Well, in the paper, a few lines down in large print, he wrote, stop counting. There are 43 images. As the writing went along, there was another statement. Stop counting. Tell the experimenter you've seen this and win $250. The lucky people were able to see the first line where it says stop counting. There are 43 images and it just took them seconds. The unlucky people didn't see the writing. They were so focused on the images. The average was two minutes to count the photographs. What did the lucky group have in common? Now these are people who had skills to create and notice their surroundings, listen to their intuition. They had positive expectations in life with a resilient attitude. So it's not that they're lucky, it's that they're skilled in these areas. And those who perceive themselves as unlucky, it's not that they're unlucky. They were anxious and tense. And that's what got in the way of them noticing the opportunity that's all around them. So this is what increasing our brain to positive, working on our well-being, making happiness a priority as a choice and skill will help us notice the unexpected and create chance opportunities. Individuals who watched just three minutes of negative news in the morning had a whopping 27% greater likelihood of reporting their day as unhappy six to eight hours later compared to the positive condition. Uh, this was a study by Sean Aker and Michelle Galen. Uh, and so do you start your day with the morning shows listening to the news? I'm really working on not doing this and I'm uh, putting scheduled times on when to watch the news, whether I'm watching it or whether I'm reading it on the internet uh, and not focusing my time when I'm talking to family and friends on focusing on the news because when we do, we become upset, of course. I mean, there's so much happening in the world. Uh, so intentionally, I focus on talking about what's going well. Uh, now, we do talk about what is happening because it's so relevant and so much is constantly changing. And I do notice a, a level of anxiety, anger, sadness that is experienced. And so uh, when you do talk about these things, just be ready to practice some coping skills to regulate that stress uh, to go back to a positive state. Socially connected people are happy. There's increased longevity. This is the result of the 80-year study on happiness uh, conducted by Harvard. They took a group of students from Harvard in 1930 and a group of 
men from the lower socioeconomic areas of Boston and studied them. Uh, and they followed their lives. And this is what they found. They spoke to their partners. They studied their physical health. Um, focus on quality relationships is what they said. Living in conflict is not good for us. Warm, close relationships buffer us from getting old. Isolation is correlated with declining brain functioning and shorter lives. Happy people know when to let go. Write down something on a piece of paper that you can't control that keeps coming to your mind and say, I let it go and tear it up. When it comes back to your mind, because it will, practice this again. Just that visual of writing it down and tearing it up will tell your brain what to do with that thinking. Dependable partners positively correlate with sharper, longer lasting memory. Arguments are okay as long as we know that we can depend on that person when the going gets tough. Replace screen time with people time. Reach out to family you have not spoken to. Liven up a still relationship with new activities. Take walks together. Join a support group. Practice gratitude. Realistically assess what we can and can't control. Don't let it ruin your day. Do what you can and move forward. Sleep on it to change perspective. Okay, there are daily well-being assignments. Gratitude. Proven in studies, your brain will rewire with consistent application. Have your gratitude journal. Write a letter of gratitude to someone. Send them an email. When you can, show up at their doorstep and read the letter. 93% of those polled agreed that grateful bosses were more likely to be successful. And only 18% thought that grateful bosses would be seen as weak. The Greater Good Science Center at Berkeley. Dr. Seligman has participants take a well-being measurement before the study. Then he gives us the assignment. Think on what went well right before bedtime. So we go throughout the day and we have responsibilities and we have problems and we're talking about them. When it's time for bed, intentionally say, I'm not going to think or talk about that anymore. Put up your electronics and journal three things that went well that day. Your brain will think on it all night. Participants subjectively through these inventories report an increase in well-being. They also wake up feeling refreshed when consistently applied. Our takeaway, a positive outlook makes our brains perform better. Achieving a positive mindset is fostered by happiness and this comes about with strong connections. This is common sense and revolutionary. And we all need to be intentional about it for our mental and physical health.
I would love to hear from you. I would love to hear the results that you have from taking this course. So drop a review, email me. Uh, we could chat for 15 minutes, have a coffee chat. Um, I'm also available for complimentary consultations. And check out my newsletter on Substack. I thank you for taking the course and for focusing on your well-being and happiness. That concludes our series on happiness. Hope you enjoyed it. Every team can benefit from team building. I am available for consultation. I provide team building workshops in person and virtually. Contact me at alexia at theresilientpathway.com. That's A-L-E-X-I-A at theresilientpathway.com.